G'day beer lovers and welcome to The Antidote, a series of special episodes of Brews News Live. I'm your host, Pete Mitchum. In this series, we hope to engage with the beer community to share the insights, the ideas and some of the strategies that other people in the Capra have and to provide a virtual gathering place, something like a, an online beer o'clock, if you like, a virtual beer garden, dare I say, um, so that those who are forced into isolation away from friends, family and beer colleagues can connect, stay informed, but more importantly, feel a part of this extended beer family. And today we'll be chatting with Stu Whitecross from Voyager Craft Malt live from a tractor in a field, and to Owen Johnston from Hop Products Australia, who will tell us that for the many, many fields of hops, the harvest must go on. I'm joined again by my Brews News Week co-host and good mate, Matt Kierkegaard. G'day, Matt. Pete, how are you? How's your day? Uh, I'm channeling my uh, inner Eddie Maguire and sort of, uh, I can't help but think, it's been a big week in beer this week. (laughs) Well, it, it, it's just been a big week, not even in beer. Like, there's just been so much happening that, you know, it, it, it's a little bit daunting. Well, we were just saying yesterday, and I can't remember whether it was on the Bruce Newsweek podcast or yesterday's episode of The Antidote, but you and I were, were sort of discussing, gee, you know, Monday was kind of, you know, ground zero, if you like. It was it was day dot. Um, but it's actually sort of two weeks before that, I think, when the you know, the toilet wipe paper wars began and, um, and all that sort of thing. But then this week was when, I guess... Uh, you know, lockdown started and, and, and things really started, you know, shit started to get real. Since this is all, um, you know, the toilet paper rush and uh, the lunacy that we've seen and and all the rest of it. So it's kind of um, the continuing story. Absolutely. So, well, anyway, but, you know, we, we, we've got a great um, show. Really, actually, amazing feedback from yesterday. Like, you know, as um, Luke Phillips said, you know, it's hard not to have a tear in your eye when you were listening to... Uh, um, Corey, Corey talk, Crooks, um, yeah. and then some really, really great business advice um, from Kevin Hahn. So it was a, a really good chat. But you know, just for a bit of a change of pace, wanted to check in with uh, HPA. So while everybody's in lockdown, you know, Tasmania's in lockdown, Victoria's closing its borders. Um, there's a still, <laughs> you know, like <laughs> acres of hops to be brought in, um, and so I wanted to find out how that was going, and then also. You know, uh, I, I guess the country has done it pretty tough for an extended period of time with drought, um, and then we had the fires. Um, and I'm, I've been reading uh, yesterday that you know maybe parts of the bush hadn't been affected by COVID nineteen. So I thought, you know, Stu Wycross, who we haven't had on the podcast for a long, long time, um, it'd be a great chance just to catch up with him, see how he's going, and uh, you know, see what the effects are there. Yeah, no, look, a great opportunity because, uh, like I said, I mean, we kicked off. Are we starting off with Stu or are we starting off with OJ? Starting off with OJ and uh, yeah, then going to Stu, yeah. Uh, yeah, uh, we sort of kicked this off, I guess, um, following on from a chat um, with Phil Meddings from Bintani sort of talking about, oh, okay, there's <laughs> there's still malt available. And I noticed today Bintani, um, great little public service announcement, put out some hints and tips for, you know, if you do have to sort of not abandon or desert your uh, your brewery, but if you do need to, to leave malt, you know, in, in stockpile, if you like, uh, how to ensure that, um, you know, that stays safe and as fresh as it can be so that, when the taps turn back on again, we can all literally turn the tap back on again and have a beer. Absolutely. Well, uh, Pete, mate, we've spoken to OJ, you know, quite a few times in the past. We have. We uh, he was one of our very early guests, I think. Um, and then, uh, look, it's one of those. I, 
we, we talked yesterday about normality and, and the importance of something like this to just to, and, and to, for doing the Bruce Newsweek podcast and keeping that regular because it does give people that sense of, OK, I've, I've still got some constants in my life. There are still some sort of, you know, signposts. So I, I know things are, are sort of OK. And one of the things I love doing each year is the, um, you know, the, the Clarence Meeks. Um, <laughs> yeah, the, the Hop Harvest. Uh, the, hop, the Hop Harvest report. With, with um, the and I, which I really one day I would love to do as a video report and, and to do it in an underground car park. <laughs> I, I, I did go back and watch our trading places but we've got the man himself owen johnson welcome to the antidote <laughs> how are you going oj we were just saying in the intro that you know that the, the country's in lockdown tasmania particularly um you know has closed its borders but there's still hops to be harvested give us a, a bit of an update about how you guys are managing to uh, to get all of that you know that galaxy and everything else uh, you know, in for brewers yeah it's um it's a it's been an interesting time. So the, um, you know, the, the priority for us kind of spans, uh, spans two things. And I guess it's people and it's the crop, you know, and it's our actions earlier in March to uh, shout the farms to all visitors. And, you know, that includes customers and even humble sales uh, servants such as myself, um, all non-essential people, uh, you know, we shut the farms to all non-essential people and, just as an effort to, you know, uh, increase the supply surety around the crop. Because really, if the people are okay, then uh, we'll keep we'll keep bringing the crop in. And every day we go uh, further. You know, is another portion of the crop that's in. Um, as far as as far as I understand, we're we're going to be harvesting right into the first couple of days of April. So we're actually really close now, and um, I'll, I'll definitely. Uh, you know, breathe a sigh of relief once the crop's in. <laughs> That's no different from every other harvest, but this one has a special certain pressure on it that, um, you know, we've taken a few steps to to ensure that we get the crop in and can, can get it processed and not interrupt uh, brewers any more than they already have been. Mate, when I was down in Ross Trevor in, God, it, it seems like so long ago now, but it was only end of January, early February, just after the fires, uh, you know, we'd spoken to, a, to to the guys at Bright Brewery and, you know, they'd had to lay off all of their casuals because of the, the, the fires and um, people couldn't get up there. And when we were speaking to some of the guys at Ross Trevor, um, that was a potential problem because of the number of casuals you need to bring on um, to, to, to get the, the, the harvest in. And there was a, a worry that you may not have those people around. Um, you, you obviously um, solved that, but... That, you know, movements being restricted again. Has it been hard getting people? Actually, um, we build the workforce on our farms over time. You know, sort of on-farm operations start uh, in spring and, and the workforce builds through November where we sort of peak at uh, training time, training the, the hop shoots up the uh, coir string. Um, there's a little lull uh, sort of at the back end of February, but we've really kind of got a lot of the crew on board and already have worked on the farm um, in the lead up to that. So, you know, normally we've got, if I'm, if I'm right, cause we're constantly growing at the moment. So I think we've got 77 permanent employees and at the moment, 350 estimated 350 casuals on the books, um, 25% more than last year. Um, we, we didn't have any trouble sourcing them and, um, and, and, um, retaining them, beautiful part of the world where the farms are, so I wouldn't be rushing off right now. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, um, 
And, and how are you going keeping them safe? Because I guess that's a bit of an issue if, if people have come in from around, uh, around about and just sort of making sure that people are well looked after and you, you're not having a little mini outbreak anywhere. No, that's exactly right. We had we had some some protection from that sort of principle that all all, all the backpackers are casuals are uh, all the casuals are backpackers and therefore there's a yep yep. So uh, as as people might know, we we actually house the backpackers in the local region and and significant numbers on farm. So we um, you know we're sort of limiting movement in that way um, a bit. Uh, the pre the pre employment questions that we ask about people's movement and things like that gave us a little bit of insight and a little bit of reassurance that we weren't just um, picking up people who had just uh, left Wuhan and were coming coming into Ross Trevor, you know. <laughs> so like we and so whether it was uh, good management or good luck, um, the things we've done have um, have protected the farms and the and the and the people on the farms. And um, yeah, look, to be frank, I just just looking forward to getting this harvest in and uh, <laughs> and not having that risk of the hops being uh, left in the field. Yeah, but but I guess that's part of your normal biosecurity practices, um, I'd imagine, sort of tracing where people have been from before you let them loose on the farm to present to prevent any sort of uh, you know, plant disease spread. We actually treat, if you like, we we, we make sure people are, are treated appropriately when they get to the farm. So, in my in my understanding of it, and and uh, and, and take that with a grain of salt, um, you know, things like um, hard boots are farm boots. They are either um, you know cleaning the particular cleaning of their equipment, or or we give them equipment. So. Um, things like that, we actually deal with biosecurity on farm before they before they start. I don't know how much in the past, um, because this is a pretty new territory for us. I don't know how much in the past we've um, had to ask people questions about where they where they uh, where they you know where the combi van was you know, most immediately before Ross Trevor or, or Bushy Park. <laughs> And OJ, is there any, um, have you sort of looked into what you need to do in terms of the equipment that's used in the process, in the picking and then in the processing um, in terms of having to, you know, sanitise those or, because I'm guessing they do come in contact as people move them around and that sort of thing. And it's, uh, with this particular one, it seems to be hard surfaces that, that this particular virus seems to stay, uh, survive longest on. Yeah, look, we've upped um, we've upped the sort of sanitation procedures in um, in regards to yeah you know, the the facilities and the common points of contact. As far as hot processing equipment goes, I I'm, I would have to profess I'm unaware of changes on that front. Um, a lot of it is yeah you, know, you don't want to go sticking your hands in there, frankly. Um, so yeah. <laughs> The amount of human contact in the specific equipment for hot processing is is very very low. Um, but yeah, we've we've definitely ramped up uh, ramped up the the cleaning and the sanitation of uh, uh, you know more domestic uh, elements around the farm. Yeah, and so it's you were saying it's more the the common areas. So I guess where where people would normally have you know at lunchtime all got together and, and morning tea and that sort of thing and uh, had a break together and, and got together. You've you've kind of had to adjust things accordingly. Yeah, yeah. Look, they've they've only they've only been practical measures. They're not they're not uh, you know they're not life changing steps. Um, we do have the two shifts on farm. Um, 
so there's an inherent level of protection in the in the two shifts on on both farms. Um, yeah, so it's it's definitely something we've been navigating as uh, you know as the uh, as the as the challenge has evolved. And OJ, I mean, this time of year, you'd normally crawling with uh, international brewers who are coming down to check out the, the you know, you, you're very uh, generous hosts and uh, you know, showing the overseas visitors around and you know, where the galaxy comes from. Did, does that have much of an effect on your business? You had some early in the season, but, you know, did you, have you had to turn people away or how has that worked? Oh, absolutely, yeah. We've, uh, we've turned... Uh both domestic and international groups away um you know has it affected us absolutely not people understand people are really really understanding at the moment um and uh you know there's there's been ibd and iba groups um you know our actual aussie customers um international guests um the japanese love coming and visiting us uh, you know they've all they've all had to be put off this year and Luckily for us, you know, we're not alone in doing this. It's not like it's not like the hot farms, um, you know, taking this action in spite of everybody. It's 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 a common threat. So so yeah, we've been really lucky. You know, the harvest is such a such an important time for us. It's such an experiential time to get people on the farm, immerse them in in the hop scene, in the farm, in in conversation with um, whether it's like like minded brewers or or you know. The uh, the guys who are on farm, you know, people. I, I think we I think we make really lasting memories with our customers on the farm and, and probably down the pub afterwards. Um, <laughs> so it's just such a shame to uh, miss that this year. Yeah, hey, OJ, I'd imagine that one of the the biggest changes, I guess, um, that will come about as a result of this for you guys would be, I would imagine, you wouldn't have the same. Uh, call for for the fresh hop you know for for wet hop beers does that mean that more of your uh product this year more of the the harvest will will go into you know t90 pellet form absolutely yeah we had um we had a full book of uh green hop orders to go out the door um throughout the harvest and we've been sort of touching base with everyone and reconfirming their you know their intent and and we've seen lots of cancellations this year um and but look I think it'd be a bit of a stretch to say that uh, it makes any difference to the total yield. It, the, this uh, this green hop program uh, translates to a very very small amount of additional pellet. Um, it's uh, you know we, we're talking about the whole program drying down to hun- some hundreds of kilos of, of pelletized product. Yeah, and of course, I guess the the next thing is that you know we, we don't know whether it's going to be two weeks, two months, six months um, before you know the taps turn back on and we go to you know hashtag normality. Um, yeah. Does that mean that uh, it, like how have, how have you looked at that in terms of you know looking at your your forecasting? Yeah, it's it's a really it's a really uh, I feel like we're flying quite blind on the farm in some ways. You know, we're fully twelve months into the twenty nineteen crop year we are we are, we have no 2019 basically no 2019 left in the cupboard 2020 is still coming in and uh, we're in we're in a naturally low ebb for our business at the moment in the sales space and, and interactions with brewers um and uh and and the, all this uh, is going on out in the trade and you know with the hospitality shutdown and all this sort of thing so i can only imagine it's going to feed back up the supply chain and and you know we're going to be uh having conversations with brewers to make sure that their needs are met 
and um, contracts and uh, supply surety issues are dealt with. And I, you know, I can only, I can only imagine we're going to be having some, um, some increased, uh, increased conversations about, about supply down the, tr- down the track somewhere. Um, big difference between two months shutdown and six months shutdown, for instance. Mm. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it, it, it's, I mean, it comes at an interesting time because you guys have just celebrated your $35 million expansion where, you know, ex, your processing facilities, um, the, the amount of uh, acreage you've got under uh, under crop, um, it, it, it's been a big jump for you this year. Um, do, do you think that will have an, a longer-term impact on your business? Uh, look, the agricultural timeframes and certainly the... The, the payback on on new paddocks under trellis you know with with new hop fields is you know the return to hashtag normality in six months is um is 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 turbulence in the short term but they're much much longer run propositions to to pay back a new hop field mm. it's um that's a multi-year proposition and and i think um it's just unfortunate where we're building capacity and building supply and should be celebrating these things. And, and it just feels kind of a bit inappropriate while, while the whole industry is going to be heaving under this strain um, for an un, unknown amount of time. So am I worried about our decisions to spend money and build, um, build the, the, the capabilities behind galaxy and Enigma and Vic and all this stuff? No, absolutely not. I, I'm still super excited to be able to, um, you know, be underway in that sort of program. Bring more of these awesome hops to uh, to brew to make awesome beers with. Um, it doesn't mean that doesn't mean that we're you know immune from short term turbulence that this is going to cause. Absolutely not. So you know we we're, we're committed to the capital expansion, and in the same breath, we're committed to working with our customers to make sure um, you know we're helping where we can and how we can. Um, inside inside you know what our business is capable of so just before we let you go what is your advice to brewers at the moment um you know in, in terms of their forward planning for once this uh, thing is over it doesn't really deviate from previous messaging it's actually stay in touch with us um you know we're uh, we're busy calling calling people checking in on people to see how see how the human element's going you know see how people are feel and see uh, see how their business is going and I would say when when we have some clarity around this the and when you get some space to think about ramping production up or or what recovery looks like or anything like that where we stand ready to help pick up the phone stay in touch um, we're um, we're gonna we're gonna be here um, you know I don't see any reason at this point why um, contracts can't be honored um, from our point of view so yeah, look, my advice to people is, uh, in the short term, perhaps perhaps um, think about your immediate hop needs and make sure you've got them just in case calamity happens to to, to supply chain or logistics. And uh, but in the long run, it's the same advice as always: um, stay in touch, and um, that's the best way forward for us both, for both supplier and 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 the brewer to uh, make sure we're lined up nice and tight. Oh, nice. Well. well Sorry, yeah, OJ, we don't want to wish ill upon any uh, other brewers out there. You know, we we all hope that at the end of the day, we're all going to come out of this the other side and, and things will, you know, go back to normal. <laughs> but uh, one of the uh, 
Listeners in the chat room has uh, left you a note. OJ, I know a cracking <laughs> brewer at a new brewery who's happy to talk leftovers from hop orders. <laughs> leftovers. <laughs> Great. Tim well, Fish. <laughs> Tim, they, Tim they Fishwick to... uh, from this little brewery that's uh, yet to open called uh, White Bay Beer Company. Beer Company. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, tell him... Uh, He's got your number, I'm sure. Yeah, tell him he knows where to find us, <laughs> as, as I know how to find him. <laughs> uh, Mate, let's look. That's excellent. Let's hope we have yeah, a bit and, of, uh, you know, HBA COVID-19, um, you know, super sale specials uh, when, it, <laughs> when, it, when it's all over. That's exactly right. And, uh, you know, no need to worry. I guess the closing comment from me is, as we know, in these sort of times of crisis, look after your family, look after your uh, business and your employees. Um and definitely don't worry about your hop supply. Uh, we're not the priority right now. And um, we'll, we'll uh, we, you know, next time we talk to the market, we'll be talking about our crop report. And, um, and you know, we won't be, uh, you know, as far as it looks now, it'll be good news. We won't be uh, contributing to the, to the mayhem out there. Just right. uh, focus no, on the things that count. Spot on, mate. And, uh, yeah, the optimist in all of us says, mate, it can only get better from here. <laughs> so when should we pin, pencil you in for the uh, hop report, uh, OJ? Just uh, looking ahead. Um, yeah, look, I'd say uh, I'd say we should touch base toward the end of April, uh, beginning of May. We'll have all our numbers wrapped up and and have a have a bit of an outlook statement ready to rock and roll. And I'll tell you what, if we're not under lockdown, we might even come down and do it live. Hey. Well, that would be good, and then uh, we could we can uh, do it in the underground support car, local. <laughs> <laughs> yep, yep, good. You can slide the Manila folder over to us, and uh, yep, excellent. I love it. Damn, good step on back from the uh, blow mold table and let you pick it up. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> well, OJ, thanks very much for joining us today. It's a pleasure, always. Thanks for uh, thanks for giving me the opportunity. Right, we'll see you on the other side for a beer. Perfect. Look forward to it. Talk thanks, to you, thanks, guys. Cheers. Owen Johnson from Hop Products Australia. Um, and thanks very much to all of our listeners who have joined us. We're up to, I think we've uh, we've peaked at about 22 or so. Uh, oh, oh, we've got 22 at the moment. So that's that's good. And it's good to see there's a but, little yeah. bit of banter and a little bit of chat going on. Plus While 100 Matt... of downloads. So, yeah, and yeah, uh, actually that's the good thing. Uh, obviously the timing, we, we're we aware that um, Beer Together, that Crafty's do, you know, they're keeping local alive. Um, <coughs> there's, there's been other um, virtual get-togethers and that sort of thing. So we've kind of chosen a time that we think is get you in before dinner. We, you know, pull you away for half an hour uh, at the end of a, a busy day. And we, we do appreciate that there's, you know, a lot of stress for a lot of people in terms of reorganising their business and, and just having to think outside the box and all that sort of thing. So, um we, we appreciate that. Like I love seeing that we've got as many listeners as we have now, but it's, but it is great to see how many people are downloading it and then uh, listening to it afterwards. So which, that was which is some, great. That was now, a nice Matt, feeling, Pete. And uh, but let, let's let's go and introduce uh, Stu Whitecross, uh, who is a man outstanding in his field. Well, he's often outstanding, but he's often <laughs> sitting on a tractor. G'day, Stu. <laughs> Prof Matt, how are you guys? Good, mate. Thank you very much for joining us. So, where are you joining us from today? Mate, I'm actually not too far from a field. I'm I'm standing beside a couple of couple of uh, grain silos and uh, in a company by bloody a million flies at the moment. <laughs> so just, Mate, that's, that's close enough to outstanding in your field. <laughs> <laughs> just for the guys who maybe don't know um, Voyager Craft Malt story, give us the elevator pitch for for who you are and what you do, and we'll refer them back to the. Uh, gee, it's been a couple of years since we had you on the podcast. Yeah, it has been a while. Um, yeah, so um, we started uh, Voyager Craft Malt probably probably about six years ago now. Uh, originally, dry area farmers, and uh, 
um, got into into home brewing and uh, looked at starting a brewery up and um, wanted to use our own grain and saw the uh, a bit of an opportunity um, or, or I guess a, a broken link in that in, in the supply chain of getting um, uh, you know our grain into in, into our mash tun. Um, you know, obviously had, had to be malted and, and no small scale malters around to be able to, to segregate and, and uh, make that happen for us. So before we, we started a brewery, we thought we'd better learn how to malt and, and make some malt and uh, the, the brewery's kind of gone on the, on the back burner. Mate, how's it been in terms of, because um, obviously the I'm, I'm guessing, because I was involved with the with the harvest up around uh, Witchy Proof, uh, around the Mallee area, um, doing some, some filming and um, having a chance to, you know, sit in the in the header, and it's 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 just an amazing feeling when you you're looking down, and and as each turn of the um you know the the tines of the harvester sort of go through, you go oh there's ten schooners, oh ten more schooners, ten more schooners. <laughs> um, as a beer person, obviously that's the way you look at malt, but it was just a really sort of exciting time, and um it's been a great a great harvest for those guys down there. Um, have you had an issue with um you know staffing and uh, particularly that that casual workforce? Um, when it comes to that that busy time, or have you you kind of survived that? Oh no, no, we've we've yeah, look, it's it's um, it's it's been a pretty pretty tough tough season. Last last season uh, up here was one of the one of the worst droughts on on record, and and the year before that was was I think the, the worst drought on on record until until last year came about. So we've we've had a couple of couple of tough seasons, and uh, use your analogy there of sitting there looking at. Uh, at the reel spin around and uh and, and thinking well there's 10 schooners it's kind of been we've been sitting there watching it spin around going well there's there's half a half a midi glass um every time it spins so it's been it's been a couple of pretty tough years we you know growing up on the on the farm and i've been um, you know, I, was, I was given uh, 50 acres you know, as, a, as a birthday present when i was 12 so i've been farming long enough to know that, that drought is, is is part of the part of the game and Getting into into Voyager with uh, you know, a lot of the, the older heritage varieties that, that we grow and some of the contracts that we've got with brewers we just can't afford to, to not be able to, to supply some of these guys. So uh, we we've, the last two years have relied really heavily on on some of our irrigated growers, um, which is you know which is basically on the you know we're on, right on the doorstep of the Murrumbidgee irrigation area. And whilst water allocations haven't been great and water's been quite expensive, it still does does give us a bit of a, a surety of, of, of supply of some of those um, those varieties. And having gotten through that uh, drought position, <laughs> tell me that at least, you know, things aren't going too badly with the COVID-19 situation for you. You haven't gone from, from that straight into another crisis. Yeah, well, look, look we, at the moment, things, things are okay for, for us, but obviously we're, we're in, you know, um, close communication with with all our clients, and and we know that we're going to start feeling the, the impact of of that very shortly. I think one of the one of the real devastating things about a lot of the regional breweries that that we supply is that you know you spoke about the drought, but in between the drought and and, and this virus at the moment, there was you know these the catastrophic bushfires that we've had. So you know we we notice in our business a significant um, kind of a drop off in in some of these breweries. You know, we did the numbers recently and it was it was nearly about two-thirds of, of our um, our distilling and brewing clients were in bushfire affected areas and were, were impacted now whether it's up in the Sahana snowy mountains um you know the south coast the the, the victorian high country you know all these areas are, are, are all regional regions just 
that, that all you know border on, on the Riverina and these are guys that <clears throat> that we supply malt to on a, on a regular basis so we're really feeling for, for them at the moment you know coming out of out of a drought and the you know the economic flow and impacts that that drought has in regional areas um, to then be hit with with the uh, you know the bushfires and um, you know and, and now this it's um, you know we're, we're like I said at the moment we're really feeling for them and we're um, you know our priorities are, are really trying to to work closely with them to ensure that we're doing everything we, we, we can to make sure that, that we all come through this and, and uh, survive and, and carry on out the other side. And how about yeah. you guys in your community, though? Like, are, are you seeing the effects of lockdown, of people sort of isolating, or what, what's the impact on your community? Yeah, yeah, look, look, look we are. We're probably no different to, to what's happening um, in, in, the, in the major cities and all around the place. I guess it, it was kind of, you know, me personally, I guess it was kind of a... Um, not necessarily a joke, but a bit of a laugh because, you know, for us, you know, there's some days when we're on a tractor and, you know, we might not see anyone else, you know, we're not going on that tractor for, you know, on and off for, for a whole week. And, you know, that's probably uh, self-isolating at its, at its very best. Um, you know, our, our, our farm is, is, you know, 14 kilometres to the nearest neighbour. So self-isolation is kind of what we do on a on a regular basis, I guess. Um, but it kind but of, then, but then at the end to... of the day, uh, or, you know, the on the weekend or whatever, the, 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 two or three local pubs in the local town are absolutely heaving with everyone sort of celebrating the fact that they've, you know, done all that hard work. Is that kind of affecting the, the local communities? Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, you know, the pubs, clubs, we've got, we've got the same restrictions down here. Um, yeah. It's, um, look, it's just surreal. It kind of feels like it's a bit of a, bit of a dream waking up and looking at the news every morning and seeing what's going on. We, <clears throat> My wife made a comment to us, you know, the other day, you know, kind of saying that, look, it, it's kind of, kind of nice that we live live out in the country and and we're kind of isolated from this and it was only yesterday that there's a couple of confirmed cases um, in Griffith which is our major um, shopping area where, where we go and go and shop and that's kind of made it home a little bit more that we're, you know, we are isolated but you know it's still kind of no escaping it really I guess yeah yeah um well look Stu we probably better let you go um as I say it's it, it, it kind of feels a little bit funny to say <laughs> Geez, you think the bushfires are the worst thing that could happen? Um, it, it's kind of like we're all in this together, and and, and everyone, in, I'm sure, in the chat room, and, and as people listen to this, um, will feel for for you um, and for all the other farmers as well. One last thing, just quickly, are you able to, I guess, as a business, pivot to okay, well, instead of um, putting our grain towards malt because you know there may not be the demand for it straight away. For, for this particular harvest, is it easy to sort of say, well, let's sell it as, as stock feed? Is that like, is the spread reasonably small at the moment? Is there not a big difference between stock feed and, and malting barley? Yeah, look, look it, 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 is, it is an option. A lot of the, the varieties we grow are uh, you know, fairly exclusive and, and, you know, we're growing some, some varieties at the moment that are kind of, you know, 7,000, um, seven to 8,000 year old, old varieties of grain that there's some challenges with that. And, and we obviously need to, Pay a premium to the to the growers to, to to grow those kind of things. So yeah, you know, selling those at feed prices, we'd be we'd be uh, yeah going backwards a bit. I guess we're we're you know listening to bits and pieces of OJ there before. We're we're kind of a little um, different, I guess, to some of the, the the hop producers in the fact that we also sell to to distillers and also into the artisan baking markets as well. So um, whilst it, it'd be nice if uh, at the moment with all the distillers, which which Absolutely fantastic that the distillers are able to make, um, you know, um, hand sanitizer and, and those kind of things at the moment, which is is great for them. 
um, you know, the, the, I think it's probably not the right time for uh, single origin, um, you know, hand sanitizer <laughs> and, uh, and those kind of things. Um, and, but it's all but marketing. Seen... That's a great idea. <laughs> Heirloom, have... single origin, <laughs> Heirloom hand sanitizer. Hand sanitizer. It, it is a luxury um, good at the moment, or it's certainly bloody hard to find. Yeah, and look, look, it's it's absolutely fantastic that that a lot of you know, our our distilling clients are able to to um you know, you know to to get a bit of cash flow on the side um, doing that at the moment. Like I said, artisan bakeries, we're we're doing a bit of work too as well, and it's actually picked up um, quite a bit. So it's I guess it's all kind of a bit, a, a bit of an unknown, and we're we'll take it each each day as as we can. We certainly know there's some tough times ahead, and um, I guess you know I guess I guess if I learned anything from the team associated in the craft beer industry it's it's the, the people involved in it are, are highly innovative and i guess we're, we're seeing that as a way you know we're seeing that at the moment with the way that they're all adapting um their, their business businesses and um you know they're extremely passionate uh, group of people that you know we know that won't give up easily and i think if you put that with this inclusive willingness to share and help each other out um which we're seeing every day you know look at the other day it was black ops um, offering to, to some assistance with with e-commerce. Um, I think it might have been on the Bruce News Facebook. Yeah, no, so it was on the Radio guys, Bruce News yeah, chat room. Yeah, yeah. You, you guys putting the show together, Crafty Pint, Pints, um, you know, the keeping of local alive. I think it is the um, Gypsy Fox. The other day, were were lending their uh, canning equipment to the guys at Rusty Penny so they could unload the kegs into cans. The IBA are really on the front foot with this. So yeah, you know, as, as kind of down in the dumps as, as, as you know, I think a lot of us probably are at the moment. And particularly the the outlook isn't isn't great. I think there's kind of a bit of. Um, I guess I'm a little optimistic in terms of the people that we've got around us, and and um, now that we can all do what we can to to make sure we can uh, get through this. But just before we let you go, what is your advice to to the guys that uh, you work with closely, um, supplying malt? Um, if they are doing a little bit tough, you know. What what are you saying to them? Well, what we're saying to them is, is tell us what you need. Um, everyone's kind of in a whilst we're on a, a, a similar situation. Um, no no two breweries are, are the same in terms of what they're able able to do. There's some that that aren't able to can. There's some that that are actually doing more volume now through some of the larger bottle shops, which is fantastic, but it means there's some cash flow issues because a lot of the, those larger guys don't, you know, they've got 60 or 90 day terms. So it means that, you know, for some of them, it means we need to be extending our terms to help them through. For some of them, it's 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 more a freight issue. They've got the guys, um, you know, East Coast canners or whoever coming in unexpectedly, or not unexpectedly, but um, they're coming in to, to move move keg product into cans. And in a small little brewery, there's not, not space for malt to actually um, you know, be unloaded there. So we're trying to look at other arrangements so that we can get malt deliveries on time, um, which, which is is kind of compounded by the fact that uh, you know one of our, our transport companies um, in particular um, has relied solely the last few years on delivering kegs to, to venues, and we've been able to piggyback onto that transport. And now that there's no kegs going to venues, um, there's no real need for him to run his truck. So. Um, it's kind of, yeah, yeah. The advice to breweries is, is to talk to us, tell us what you need. We're here for the for, for the the long haul, and we want to make sure that they are as well. And um, yeah, we'll do whatever we can to make sure that that we uh, we can all get through this together. Brilliant. Well, Stu, thank you for joining us. No dramas. Thanks, guys. Pete. Thanks, Stu. Thanks for joining us on the antidote. That's Stu Wycross from Voyager Craft Malt. Um, and look, some great points there, Matt. And and I think 
what I took from that from Shu is that yeah, we um, the the thing that's that's very distinctive, I guess, or that separates this crowd of people from uh, a lot of other industries is that everyone does have each other's backs. And even though you know, plenty every business is going to come out of this um, affected in in some way um, and and changed, not necessarily you know for for the better. Hopefully, we do come out of it stronger. But you know, we, we we're going to lose people or there's there's a, a fear that you know when everything goes back to normal are people going to say well i'm going to get some beer but uh, you know i'm going to get cheaper beer so you know perhaps does do people say well i can't justify buying you know independent beer um i hope that doesn't happen but it's it's one of those things that, that i've been hearing that's you know that is a a concern um i'd like to think that yeah from the supply chain right through to canning to packaging to labeling and all that sort of thing that yeah we do have each other's backs and so for that, I, I think, uh, you know, I'm, I'm filled with optimism. Oh, mate, absolutely. And, you know, just go back and listen to Corey's chat yesterday. Um, you know, the, the, the things he said, as he said, we're going to, you know, we're, we're going to come back through this a little bit different, but he's got no doubt that we're going to come through better. And, yeah, I, I can't say it better than he did. And, Matt, speaking of a little bit different, Tasman Taylor. Uh, yes, probably I'll... a name that's not familiar to everybody, but Tasman Taylor is today's isolation icon. And I've just popped it to the uh, if, if anybody's in the chat room. So um... if you do need a bit of a cheering up, um, Tasman Taylor, young boy. It's fair to say he's fairly comfortable with his sexuality, um, and <laughs> he, he's... he's certainly fairly com- fairly comfortable in a leotard. Exactly, and. Look, he's just trying to cheer people up in this time. Um, the isolation icon is something that we're we're trying to do. So if you if you come across something in you know somebody sends you something or you come across something in your Facebook feed, your Twitter feed, your Instagram, whatever, and you go, this guy's trying to, this person is is just trying to uh, do something that's genuinely wholesome and uh, and and genuine in terms of you know it, it, doing something from the heart to just make people feel a bit better. Share it with us, and uh, we will choose one as our isolation icon so last night was um the cowboy museum and uh western frontier museum um in oklahoma and tim send who's the uh the security guard there who's been asked to do the the social media uh and t- he was yesterday's he was our first one and then uh, tasman taylor today just to cheer you up um don't forget too if you would like to um uh, be a guest uh join us as a guest uh, because you're either doing something um, in these trying times or you know someone or you've heard something that might be useful to our listeners, get in touch with us at producer at com or through the radio Brews News Facebook group and we'll find a spot for you on future episodes. We we honestly hope, Matt, like I'm I'm loving doing this because I really feel useful and I feel like and, and the feedback is that um, people are getting something out of this, that there is value to what we do. But I God honestly hope we don't have to do it for too much longer. I, you know, if if we're going to do it next week, look, I'll be stoked. I think it's I think it's a really great. Um, we're we're blessed. We're we're being given something um, that's very special that you know wouldn't wouldn't have come along if it, if it weren't for the dark times that we're experiencing. Um, but I do hope that uh, yeah, it finishes soon. Mate, absolutely, and you know, I, I so I was just sort of thinking because I'd been speaking to my accountant this week, going, you know, what what do I do? So about that bill I owe. <laughs> well, no, you know, great advice yesterday from Kevin, and uh, you know, so um, everyone's been saying get out and talk to people. So yeah, I've, I've been out uh, sort of talking, working out because we don't know is it going to be you know 
OJ reckons that the hop report will be uh, available in April and I'd love to be down there, but will the borders be open? So anyway, we, we, we don't know, but we're here um, for the duration. And uh, yeah, chat room, do let us know, not, not only chat room, but listeners who are listening to us on the uh, later download, you know, let, let us know if you're finding value in it um, and we will keep doing it as long as you need us. Um, and uh, just hopefully it won't be that long. That's it. As as we say in at the end of each episode, we will come through this thing. We we will catch it, catch up with each other. Hopefully, we won't uh, catch it, Pete. No, that's well, <laughs> that's right. Uh, but we yeah, and we'll all have a beer on the other side, and that beer will taste all the sweeter for uh, for what we've been through. Um, thanks very much for joining us on the antidote. Thanks very much, Matt. Thank you, Pete. Mate, have a good weekend. You even too. though <laughs> in these times of working from home and uh, physically isolating, it's great because there's no such thing as Monday. Every day <laughs> is Friday. Um, so, look, uh, enjoy the company of those around you. Um, if you don't have people around you, uh, make a call. I'll, I'll put my number on the web and you can give me a call. Um, but reach out. Don't don't. Don't don't feel that you you're not in this on your own. That Mate, you I'll, are I'll, in this on your own. I'll I'll actually say that there's one thing I'll say is that I've had a lot of like it, it's those things you see in social media. You see, you know, reach out if you need me. I'm here, and you see people posting. And I know that they're very genuine, but there's something about this situation that you know I'm getting three or four phone calls a day, and I'm also making you know somebody who's not really proactive about staying in touch with people. I'm also making three or four calls a day. Um, I'm probably much more connected in terms of person-to-person contact rather than emails and texts and stuff like that than I've ever been, um, you know, or that I've been for as long as I can remember. And that is a positive that's coming out. We're, we're actually genuinely showing care and, you know, it's very much appreciated. Ain't that true? Because it, it, when everything's going normal, you go, oh, I'll catch up with you next week. Oh, there's always next week. But, you know, now this is next week. This is you know, that, yeah. that old save it for a rainy day. Guess what, guys? It's pissing down. <laughs> so get in touch. Just ring something. Go, go through your contact list and, and call someone and just uh, just have a chat and a beer. Um, mate, thanks very much. Uh, cue the.